Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, hello, everyone. As you maybe discern from the tone of my voice and the decided lack of Irish brogue in my accent, this is not Will Heron. Rather, it's Ridge Communication Manager Dane Logan. And I'm sitting in for Will today because Will's in a different seat. In fact, it's the seat right across from me, which we traditionally reserve for the person who gave the message this Sunday. So, Will, welcome to the other side of the table. Yes. And as I always say, Dan, this is the harder side of the table. Yep. Well, I, <laughs> and, and yeah, you're not holding any punches with the questions this week. No, <laughs> I gave him the benefit of a little preview in advance. So he's had to do some homework to get prepped for I was grateful for, these. for that. Yes. Yeah. Well, on Sunday, Will, you had us hanging out with a rather famous guy named Mo. This. A lot of us have heard that story or parts of that story before, and you kind of gave us a sweep, kind of beginning, middle, and then a little bit toward the end, too, of kind of what his life looked like. And at one point in your message, you recounted the story of baby Moses, right? When his mother placed him in a basket and then placed that basket in the river in Egypt. Not long after, the basket's found by Pharaoh's daughter, who takes pity on him and adopts him. And you mentioned that some people might call this coincidence or maybe good luck. But you called it something different. You called it sovereignty. And so I guess my first question for you today is this. How do we distinguish between random events, that good luck kind of stuff, and the active hand of God? Okay, well, I think I'd want to start by just picking up on the two options you've given there. One was kind of the random events, and then the other was the active hand of God. It kind of suggests there are some things that happen in life that are outside of God's control, or maybe he's not terribly concerned with. Then the other kind of occurrence would be one that God orchestrates or is involved in in some way. So, Dean, I think I'm I'm going to say I don't think there are any random events in our lives, those kind of first category things. I don't think there are events that happen in our lives that are outside of God's control. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware, even in just saying that, that immediately that's going to raise some justified questions for some of our listeners, maybe based on their experiences in their own life. But... I think the Bible is quite clear that God is sovereign and there's nothing outside of his control. Now, it's important to say then that that does not mean that God is responsible for everything that happens. And I want to have folks head back. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I actually posed a question to Mike about that sense of God's responsibility Mm -hmm. in his sovereignty. So Mike addressed that if people want to go back and, and listen to that. The other thing I want to say, though, is that I do think that God honors the fact that he made us as free beings to choose things, to reject or accept his invitation into true life as he intended. And so much of the pain, the trauma, the suffering that we see in the world today comes from people using their their free will to reject God. Because isn't that where always it feels like the rubber hits the road with God's sovereignty? We think God's sovereign. Man, there's so much that's tragic in the world as well. Yeah, I think that's actually where I'm going to go with the second question. But before we jump in there, and that's uh, it's useful to think through that um, that interrelationship between God's sovereignty and then the free will of of men, right? And so often, as it's been chronicled throughout all of human history, we don't use that that free will all that responsibly, all that well. Um, yeah, yeah, but- no, it's totally true. I just 
I think I also want to name just some other kinds of events that happen in our life because it's not always difficult things happening that are because somebody's made a bad decision. Sure. I think sometimes there are things that happen in life, for example, like chronic lifelong illness. And you're asking yourself, like, why did this happen? Why didn't God stop it if he is sovereign? And I honestly don't think we can have answers to all those questions, Dan. I think there is deep mystery in some of those things. And we need to be able to put our hands up and just say, I don't know. And I'm really sorry. Yeah. But what I do know is that in the midst of those situations, God hasn't lost control. He's present with us in those situations and he's working within that situation to bring glory to his name and to work for the good of those who love him. It, it never gets so far off the rails that God can't write this shit, right? Exactly. He can't intervene and, and bring things to the ultimate end that he would have had in mind in the first place. Exactly. And I don't know about you, Dan, when you f- face difficult things in your life, I actually find God's sovereignty comforting. Mm. It, it, yes, it may raise some questions, but I'd rather believe what I think the Bible is saying and that God is sovereign. He's in control still, and he's able to, to work this toward um, a good. So coming back to your question, how do we distinguish between kind of the random events and the God events in our lives? I don't think there are two different kinds. I think God is sovereign over all because if there were random events that happened outside of God's control, well, he wouldn't be sovereign. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be, God, be God, right? Yeah, he wouldn't be God because he'd be subject to kind of these unpredictable factors and events outside of his control, just like we are. No, God has ultimate control, and and again, like I said, that gives me actually great comfort. Yeah, well, good. I'm I'm gonna go ahead where I, and go where I said I was gonna go next. I, I think that was a tough enough question, but I'm gonna hit you with another fastball here. I okay. Think. Yes. Um, we've discussed the difference between sovereignty and coincidence or randomness. Um, but what about the relationship between God's sovereignty and what we talked about a minute ago? That free will that He gives us as um as His children, right? So how is it possible both for God to be in charge and for us to have autonomy? Or put it a different way does his sovereignty undermine our ability to act independently? Well, the Bible definitely holds both to be true. God is sovereign. He's fully in control. And yet also true is that our actions have an impact and we'll be ultimately responsible for them. And one of the best examples actually I've I've seen uh, of this in the Bible is in Acts 27, uh, the Apostle Paul, he's being transported in a ship with a group of prisoners and a centurion there. And the ship gets caught in a storm, but Paul hears from God that while the ship's going to be destroyed, the crew and the prisoners will all survive. Mm. God's in control. He's sovereignly working. They're going to survive. The ship's going to get wrecked. And so he shares, Paul shares this with, with the crew. And as you read on, those who are on board, including Paul, they still take measures like you know, dumping things overboard to lighten the load of the ship or uh, making sure they're eating enough so they don't starve. Right. Well, on the one hand, you could just say, wait a second, like God what, said we're going to survive. What's the so point, why, right? why should we do anything? Um, but yeah, Paul and his, his you know, the fellow prisoners and, and the centurion, they actually, their actions still matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the best examples in the Bible of God's sovereignty working, but also us still playing a role within that. So both are true, but to come back to your question, how is that even possible? Right. How is that even possible? It seems like a bit of a paradox, right? Well, it does. And we've talked about this before, Dan, but I think we have to admit there's a large amount of mystery here. As we've talked about before, we should expect mystery when it comes to engaging with God. 
In fact, if there is no mystery in your relationship with God, you've probably created some kind of man-made image of God, kind of limited to the confines of, of our minds. Uh, we shouldn't be afraid of mystery or feel like it's an intellectual cop-out because it's entirely logical to associate mystery with the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's holy. As, as someone once said, he is otherly. You know, there's no one like God. He operates on levels that that we do not. And I think this is one of these areas, you know, his sovereignty and and our responsibility. So what happens when we try and live as if these things are both true? What we find is, is actually it's kind of the best scenario that we could have asked for. So if God is sovereign, but our choices still matter— It means when you wake up in the morning, the destiny and the weight of your future, of your family's future, it's not all on your shoulders. Mm. It's not all on your shoulders. As I said in my message, God is working sovereignly in our lives and in the lives of others, and, and sometimes in spite of our actions, thankfully. And yet, your decisions do matter and you will be held accountable for them. We, we have a role to play. How you act today has an impact on the present and the future. And so I think that then draws us back from throwing up our hands and saying, well, God's in control anyway, so I can just do anything and he'll have his way. Yeah. So uh, how much more meaningful is your life going to be if you are an active participant, if you're an agent in the good that God wants to do? Well, that's your, it. That, that, that mutual sort of relationship between you and God is just so much deeper for both of you. I think it's good for us, but I also would like to think that God appreciates that too. Like he could do it all by himself. Yes. But he doesn't want to. He really doesn't want to. He wants us to play a part in that because he knows how that's going to transform us, how that's going to change us, how it's going to shape us to be more like him. Well, it's true. And it it draws you back into really one of the central themes of the Bible, which is relationship. Yeah. And I think these two truths, like hand in hand, play into that. And so, yeah, what a comfort to know that. You know, I have responsibility. God's calling me into certain things. But he's also sovereignly working here, and it's not all on my shoulders. Yeah, it's not ultimate responsibility. Right. To God. That's a good That's way to put cool. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, those were two pretty heavy-hitting theological yeah, Can you just ask questions. me my favorite flavor of ice cream or something yeah, for the next one? Maybe next time. Uh, I, I do have one more. I don't think it's quite as theologically weighty as the first two, but okay. I think it's really important, actually. Right. So um, another major theme that was in your message was what you called the quiet season. You told us about a period of Moses's life when he was laying low and hiding from Pharaoh and working as a shepherd. And you said he did this for 40 years which is a long time. And mm. during those four decades, it must have felt to Moses like it was a bit of a waste of time, given what we know God would eventually ask Moses to do at the end of those 40 years, you know, like delivering people from captivity into the promised land, all that kind of thing. Similarly, you described a two-year period in your life where you were working at a fairly uninspiring job and sort of felt like you were spinning your wheels and waiting for God to put you back on the path that you wanted to be on. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who's in a similarly quiet season, I wonder this, what words of wisdom can you offer to those folks about what they ought to be doing in that season? What should they be thinking, doing, praying while they wait for God to speak or to move? I think it's important to recognize that those seasons are hard. Uh, I don't know how many of us really enjoy waiting. The world's got a lot faster and a lot easier, and we really love that. There's a reason why these, you know, apps and all those things, streaming services, have all caught on. Instant gratification. Yeah. Yes, you know, we we really we don't like waiting. So, three things I think uh, that I was thinking around this might be kind of some practical help. Number one, don't see the season as wasted time. 
you may not know this about me, uh, Dan, but I used to do some marching when I was younger. Uh, so when I was in my teenage years, so when I say marching, like kind of like band marching kind of thing, I just imagine you walking around the streets of your hometown marching, but okay. So you had an instrument at least, yes. right? It's a marching band. Yes. In a group, that kind of thing. Well, no, I didn't even have a, I didn't have a, it was part of like a, a Christian organization that I grew up in, like kind of like scouts, but, but you weren't by yourself. That's the, no, it wasn't, thing. it wasn't just but, randomly. Yeah. But anyways, and we actually did some competitions and things like that. Anyway, you have this phrase like marking time. I don't know if that's a British thing. It's universal thing counting time marking time yeah, yeah so you're here. just you know just standing in one place and you feel like you're not going anywhere and sometimes i feel like those seasons can feel like that you know you're just kind of marking time you're not really moving forward seems like you're not going going anywhere but if we're taking it a day at a time submitting ourselves to god in those seasons he's able to do an essential work in us as i said in my message god does some of his most foundational work in these midian like seasons. Maybe it's deepening our trust in him. You know, it's a season of deepening faith in Mm -hmm. in him, taking him at his word when we don't see those things in in front of us. Maybe it's making us more patient actually, or maybe it's just getting to know him better by experiencing some of his strength Mm -hmm. for the season or his peace or his provision. And uh, so I think God does some of his most formative work definitely in those seasons. And I have a bit of an example of this. So uh, Bridget and I, when we got engaged, I was on a worker's visa, uh, but the visa expired. I had a couple of job opportunities that were promising in the Des Moines area, but they both fell through. Yeah, And so I ended up having just to go back to Northern Ireland. We were engaged, wow. but I was like, uh, I don't know how I'm going to go back in again necessarily to, to get for us to get married. So I ended up going back to Northern Ireland and it felt like a Midian season. Yeah, Like I was literally just there just thinking, okay, God, like, where do we go from here? And this really felt like a waiting season. And it turned out to be four months, actually, yeah. of waiting and wondering. And, you know, I got a new visa. I was able to come out. Bridget and I got married. Great looking back on it. But at the time, it was really, really hard. Yeah. And all I can say is that you're able just to consistently, day each day, turn to God and say, I trust you. I believe you're working in this. You're still in control. You're still sovereign. And looking back on it, the time was critical. Yeah. You know, it was a great time for me to be able to say goodbye to friends and family. God had purpose there. Yeah. Second, just continue to pray for leading and strength, but also be proactive in other ways. You know, even for me in that season, I proactively was looking for work. I mean, I was doing everything. I felt like, you know, who do I know? Or, you know, going to job postings, because that's how they did it kind of back then. You go and you know, boards and those kind of things. Right. Um, so you got to be proactive in that sense. I don't think you just say, all right, well, God, you're working, so I'm not really going to do anything. Right. You know? Yeah. And then just a third thing I think relates to those who maybe or feel a bit more like Moses, where they're in that season because of something that they've done. Mm-hmm. For Moses, he remember he was a fugitive and a felon. Yeah, because he'd murdered somebody. He'd kill he'd killed somebody. Yep. And so he was in hiding for what turned out to be a third of his life. And I, I just want to encourage people that don't gloss over the fact of people like Moses or King David, of things that they did in their lives and that God brought them through that and, and redeemed their lives and used them in extraordinary ways. Yeah. So I I just want to say this, 
just like Moses, your Midian season right now doesn't have to be your last season. Mm-hmm. For Moses, as far as he knew, he was going to spend the rest of his life there, and that was it. But God can redeem your past and, and use you for his purposes going forward. So I just I just want people to to feel encouraged in that way. Yeah, I appreciate all those, Will, because there's, there's multiple circumstances that lead us to those quiet seasons. Um, but good to know that, yeah, God probably sees maybe a different finish line than perhaps you do at the end of those seasons. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. And also, you know, that if you did something, it, it probably won't be forever that God will eventually set you on the track that he wants you to be on again. Yeah, right. But you might need some time in that season to really hit the ground running when he launches you again. That's right. That's good stuff. That's good. Um, well, that's the end of my prepared questions. I do, I do have to ask, though. I mean, you mentioned marching band. Yeah. In the UK, are the outfits as ridiculous as they are here in the US, or are they a little bit more toned down? Well, so it wasn't a band. It was just like a, a marching as part of, it was kind of like scouts. I guess you have yeah. scouts here. It was kind of like that. You actually had uniforms, but yeah. ours was like a shirt and tie okay. and like, you know, proper belt. Have, and have nice you seen shoes. the US ones, like the big hats with like the feathers on top and stuff? It's, it's something to see. I feel, pre- I feel it's pretty impressive actually, because like, I don't know if I could walk around with that. Yeah, like that. Yep. <laughs> Play an instrument at the same time. Yeah, it just kind of text. It's kind of like the the British soldiers with the big yeah the the hats outside yeah. the Queen's Guard that kind of thing. Anyway, yes. we, digress. we digress. Thanks yes. for sitting with us through that. We we've got marching bands and uh, maybe ice cream next time. Who knows? Right. Well, we appreciate first of all all the work that you put into the message this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, just really really thought provoking and interesting to kind of get your your take on an important character and maybe some aspects of his life that we aren't, haven't heard a whole lot about uh, previously. So thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, thanks for the prep you put into just answering these questions. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you haven't already, we'd encourage you to check out our other podcast, the Ridge University podcast. Lots of good content being updated there. Really, every month we've got something new going on there. Um, you'll find conversations really geared toward helping you live and grow as a follower of Jesus. So check it out. And if you like what you hear, uh, share it with somebody. We want to spread the word, spread the love around. Um, so yeah, thanks again for being with us uh, beyond the sermon. We hope you'll be back with us again next time. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at The Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.